tell you a really good one here at the Vigilante Nights and Dirty Night Podcast. A father-son, best mind dynamic. We talk about all things DC, Marvel, Star Wars, and more in this week's special episode. We're going to be discussing the fifth film in the Scream franchise, but before we introduce our very, very special guest, I'm Nick Zendik, and joining me for this special episode is none other than my partner in crime. He is the Billy to my stew. We got Nico Caruso. Nico, how you doing, sir? Oh, that means I'm a serial killer, brother. Well, <laughs> yeah, but I'll take it. He was a handsome you know, guy. You know. <laughs> you know, but Billy Loomis, let's let's be straight up, was a handsome guy, so I'll take it. And in this film, he aged pretty well. So uh, if I'm going to look like that in 25 years, sign me up for it, Zed. Absolutely. And how you doing, sir? You know, it's good. I'm I'm really excited that we're doing this. I'm even more excited for the guests we have on to talk about it and to hang out with him again. It's been too long and uh, I know he loves this. So I can't wait. I can't wait to feel the love and hear the love. 100%. But Nico, I gotta, I, I gotta ask you something real quick here. You know, uh, would you like to play a game? Uh, sure. Who is the host of the Batman book club? Uh, Ryan Lauer, but it's spelled like lower. Oh, and what a coincidence, <laughs> isn't it? Because joining us here for this very, very special episode is none other than Ryan Lauer, contributor to Batman on film, and as Nico just said, host of the Batman Book Club. Ryan, how are you doing, sir? Gentlemen, gentlemen, I'm doing great. I want to thank you for this uh, for this invitation. Uh, I love talking Scream. I actually never got to do it on a podcast, so let's just say really? this is my first time. Yeah, oh, it's first time that. talking scream on a podcast. Heck yeah, and I am excited. Wow. I am excited. So We're... thanks for the invite. Doing great. Great introduction, and Nico, congratulations! You answered the first question correctly. Yeah, so I'm gonna live. Hopefully, <laughs> we'll see how the rest of the pod goes. Yeah, you're doing so, so <laughs> you're doing so well. You're doing so well. Let's go another one. Let's come on. Give me another one. <laughs> what would the follow up question be? Like, what's the first? story that was on the batman book club which yeah, was then, year one so i would get that right right yeah and then okay. the lesson um oh, but but it, for that one then he would kill zeddy zeddy's going down first <laughs> you're gone so you're i gone, at least man. get one in me <laughs> yeah and the ultimate and then, prize is what year did ryan lauer start the batman book club 2020 right wrong i'm just kidding <laughs> I mean, right? yeah, that's. I mean, that's true. But the game's got to be rigged, so I, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it, I think it'd still ask you, uh, what door am I at? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say what. <laughs> what door am I at? That's hysterical. Oh <laughs> what is Ryan Lauer's <laughs> favorite drink of choice? Oh, Mountain Dew, dude. I mean, oh, these are easy. easy. Yeah, dude, yeah, Eddie, I would have won. <laughs> these are softballs. Oh man. Oh, wow. oh, I don't oh, even know a difficult one to to ask you. 
I don't know either. That's why I asked. He did good. You know me really well. You pay attention. Thanks, guys. I tried. I feel loved. I feel appreciated. I listen, brother. I watch. I listen. It, it's not weird to say you listen. It might be. It sounds weird to say I watch. I watch. No, I watch. I listen. I process. I remember. You oh want to know guys. who you're looking at. Exactly. Exactly. Well said. Well said. All right, guys. So as always, as we alluded to right off the top, we're going to be talking about the latest Scream movie, Scream 22, 2022, I should say, Scream 5, Scream, I don't know, there's a bunch of different names for this movie for whatever reason, but uh, we're going to roll with the latest one. So obviously, before we get into the movie, before we get into our thoughts here, Ryan, I want you to kick kick this one off here because you just said you've never gotten to talk about Scream before on a podcast and you're a massive fan of the franchise so kind of just talk us a little bit about you know your love for the franchise and what it is about scream that you love so much so i need to i need to back it up huh i need to back up my claim all right mm-hmm, here we go mm-hmm. um let's see the first time i watched it i was 10 um it scared scared the hell out of me oh yeah uh i didn't understand all of the references or anything. Cause I was still kind of new to watching the horror movies. Fortunately, like the year before I'd seen Halloween. Yeah. So that was at least a nice big help. And then I just, I was fascinated by it. Cause I think that was definitely the time where you enjoyed getting scared. Um, mm-hmm. This isn't to do the old puff my chest. You guys are too young, but I, I don't think that you guys were able to maybe briefly remember the cliched walking through the video rental stores and going to the horror section and just looking at VHS covers, like looking back at that feeling was so mm-hmm. like, Oh, it's so nostalgic now to think about, but this movie made me want to do that. And so I got to for a brief moment and then there was a sequel that talked about sequels and I was still starting to yeah. watch more horror movies. And mm-hmm. as it went on and its references, and like there was just something about that first one that it did scare the hell out of me, but I wanted to go back and watch it again and again and again. Mm-hmm. And you had to do the work and go to the video store and you weren't guaranteed to, to check it out. There's exactly. no guarantee it was going to be mm-hmm. there. So you get your hands on it and you're lucky. Um, and then, and then I got it for Christmas that, uh, that year. And then, I mean, Oh my God, I don't know how many times I watched it then. Um, but yeah, as I was saying, as the, the sequels came out, I started and I started to expand my knowledge of horror and then it was like going back to the movie, it's picking up on something new, picking on, on something new and mm-hmm. all these these references that they're dropping and all of them. And it just made it uh, even more of like a fun, fascinating watch, you know. Um, so I think that's just what got me back to it over and over. And I just something about it never. I mean, on Tuesday, my favorite horror movie can be Halloween on Wednesday. It's Scream on Thursday. Mm-hmm. It's Halloween again on Friday. It's Scream. It's one of the two. It's constantly flipping back and mm-hmm. forth. Uh, so yeah, I just think there's there's something that's so addictive about the the entire series, and I like I like all of them. Um, spoiler alert with five, but we'll talk more about Heck five. Yeah. Like I do like the whole series. <laughs> I haven't watched the the TV show that was on because I just felt very apprehensive about it. Uh, yeah, I haven't watched that either. I don't think it's particularly well received, so it's. Hmm seems like we all made a good choice maybe it's, but maybe it's on one netflix day. and yeah and i'm just like i know at some point i'm going to give it a shot just so i can be like i did it i watched it mm-hmm. so but i just knew it was on mtv and it was you know it was like tv 14 i think mm-hmm. and to where i'm just like ah, i don't know 
Like it screams rated R, man. <laughs> it screams got to be it rated is. R. It has to be. It has to be. Did uh like and wasn't it like um, it wasn't really a was it a reboot? Was that show a reboot? Because I don't think the OGs were in that. No, they were not. And um, uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't. It know. had three seasons. Mm-hmm. It wow. it did, but I think like the I think there were like small seasons though. Maybe the third was like six episodes or something like that. Okay, so wow. That's what that's what makes it a little bit more, I think, digestible that I can yeah. give it a shot because I'm not gonna be doing sixty episodes of TV. I think it'll be like twenty something. Yeah, between okay. all three. So it takes place in a town called Lakewood. So it's uh, it doesn't really say exactly what it is, but it's uh, yeah. I, it's it's not really connected to the films. I think it was supposed to be like a reboot that they wanted to be this big thing, and then it never gotcha. I mean, it got three seasons, so people watched it, but yeah. no one really, <laughs> no one's talking about it. <laughs> someday, <laughs> yeah, yeah, someday. No, nobody's someday. talking about the movies right. when it comes down to it. So there's my there's my long answer, and I don't think it's anything. I don't have any kind of special situation. It's just I think it hit me like it hit a lot of people younger and older than me. Of the movies, just freaking awesome. And here, here we are 26 years later now this year. And it's still like, I just watched it again, like in October, always do around Halloween. It's, I mean, it holds up oh, when it's done. Did. I can start it, it over still hits. It every still time. Hit. It still hits. He was fantastic. 100%. It's a screen, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Not to mention there's so many quotes in that. that you can. Just, oh, there's so you many. You almost can throw in any conversation too, you know? Any, all <laughs> oh, yeah. That's true. I never say I'll be right back. And you know it too, right before we get into the new one, the thing that's still so special about the first time is, of course, I was, you know, one years old when the first one came out, so I didn't watch it. I I was around the same age when I watched the first one. I was like 10 or 11, um, and I had a ball with it because it did scare the heck out of me, but it was something so cool about it. And at the time... Like, I wish I could know at the time what it felt like the way I felt when I was 10. And then the way I feel now when I rewatch it is it was so brilliantly ballsy to, to my understanding, which was the way they, they really marketed Drew Barrymore. And then she's killed within the first legitimately nine minutes of the movie, something like that. And every time I've showed scream to so many people who don't know anything about it. Cause it's one of my favorites of all time as well. And I'll show people and it starts and they're like, Oh, Drew Barrymore. I love her. I didn't know she was a star in this movie. I'm like, yeah, no. How big was she at this time? And then she dies and everyone's like, wait, is she actually dead? I'm like, yeah, no, she's done. She's done. Like that was it. That's and, all and they it, used her for. <laughs> Man, so many people now, and I mean, I can remember at ten, I knew who Drew Barrymore was. Yeah, oh, one hundred percent. And in like, in every, I mean, of course, now in looking back, it doesn't seem as special. And there's the constant uh, comparison to Psycho, you know, with Janet yeah. Lee, and it's yeah. like, I don't, I don't know. Look, this at, at our time period, like around that era, it was like this was our Psycho moment with that because, yeah. Yeah. and and I think that's why I didn't even. I didn't mention uh, Zeddy was how this is a horror movie. I can remember my first time watching. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I can close my eyes right now and I can picture, I know where I was, yeah. I was at a friend's house watching it at night with his family. And then we watched the next day by ourselves. Like I remember that. And I think that means that means something. And yeah, sure enough, the Drew Barrymore part was like, 
Whoa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and because like. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, when I saw it is when she was in, like, every Adam Sandler film at the time. Like, I think yeah. Uh, oh, like yeah. 50 First Dates just came out. And I'm like, wait, she's super relevant. Oh, she's in this movie? That's mm-hmm. why people love this. And then she dies. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh, man, she's done. So, uh, but kudos. And now, too. Now, yeah, yeah. And now when I rewatch it each time, it's, it's more and more brilliant. Because I think about, oh, I wish I could have realized. Like, I wish I could have experienced it at the time when everyone went in there to see a Drew mm-hmm. Barrymore starred film. And I love how like the image with her in the phone in pop culture has just yeah continued. Like normally the big moments from films are with the big characters or the main characters, but like the whole Drew Barrymore on the phone, like that first shock of killing this pretty big star in the first 10 minutes to completely subvert the audience just it's like it's so iconic scream yeah. is literally iconic like that's and i like that's the, my best the, way to talk about it the credit to her too in which i mean if apologies if you guys already know this of the the fact that they brought her in originally to read for sydney and it was kind of her idea mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. be casey and i mean like yeah. that's that's also that's awesome on a hollywood stars uh to give them credit that they're the ones who are like no, no i have this great idea you know because i don't want to be the star I want to mm-hmm. surprise the hell. That's like passion for the art, you know? Massive kudos. Yeah. Yep. I so, did not know that. So great. that's awesome. I did not know that. Thank you for sharing that. That's sick. Wow. Yeah. I had a girl drew. I I, love I've her, done man. my part. <laughs> right, Gotta see love you guys her, later. Man. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, Bye-bye. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I've peaked early. Wait, yeah, don't ever know. say that you'll be right back, Ryan. <laughs> don't ever say uh, you'll be right back. Don't ever say you're rules that one must abide by, gentlemen. So Zeddy, what are the rules of this pod today? Now, yeah. oh my now goodness. that we're getting the modern I want to be in the sequel. Yeah, I want to make it to the sequel, Zeddy. Oh man, I just want to make it to the end of the trilogy. That's all. You know? just, just, <laughs> give, give me a five minute scene. That's fine. I'm satisfied. Um, all right, yes. Yeah, so let's jive right into the movie here, fellas. So obviously, this movie is directed by Matt uh, Beninelli, Alden, and Tyler Gillett. Like I said, it's the Fifth film in the Scream franchise. It's making its return, I believe, 11 years later. Uh, Scream yeah. 4 was 2011, I believe. Yeah, so that's a long time. Uh, pandemic obviously held this movie, I believe, a year later. So kind of factoring that into in consideration, too. But I think, you know, we just talked about that amazing Drew Barrymore opening scene. So I think let's just do it again for this one. Because, you know, we, we talk about, you know, there's callbacks to Scream 1 all over this movie and Jenna Ortega was front and center of the trailer, right? I mean, go to a movie theater and that trailer pops on. Who do you see? You see Jenna Ortega and you see Scream. So, uh, Nico, I'm just one off you now. I get Ryan's thoughts on the comparisons to Scream 1, too. So, walk me through about what you thought of the opening scene and how it kind of sets the tone of the movie. So, what's cool and I like that you specifically want to talk about this because um, when the trailers happened and it got us all hyped, right? Um, the trailer has the classic girl answers the phone insert want to play a game insert like you think she dies and we're going to do a we're talking full spoilers so like if anyone we should have said that at the top but there's gonna be full spoilers in here um so it was cool because i always wondered like wow they know their audience so well that they're just going to put in the trailer. There's a girl who dies. Cause that's what they do every movie. And even though in scream four, it switches it up when it shows like the three versions of it, but still the girl who answers the first phone call dies. It establishes Ghostface. It establishes what's going on. It sets the tone of the film. And in this one, um, 
her performance in this opening scene was so good because it was different. She was the most, in my opinion, um, I love the way she talked back to Ghostface, to Ghostface, to where she was oh, like almost, <laughs> right? He is Ghostface. It, it, and I talked about this with uh, another very good friend of ours, JJ Hodges, was like, the way Ghostface gets in here is he kind of tells his fake story about, you know, wanting to call for Sam and like knowing the group. And that kind of gets uh, Jenna Ortega's character, Tara, to kind of buy into what he's saying. And then they're talking just about horror films very casually. And I like how they talked about like elevated horror. So like hereditary, the witch and stuff like that was funny for me who really loves those like art house, like how like modern horror has changed. So it just, it's already showing you how meta this movie is going to be, which all of them do. But I love how like, then how like angry and cocky she got with him. Like when she got it right and she's like, I got it right. You motherfucker. I got it right. Like almost like she was aggressive back to him. And I love that. And I thought it was such a fiery performance. And Mm -hmm. um, then the way she plays the rest of that scene, she's genuinely terrified. She's genuinely in fear. And uh, it's a banger of an opening. It's probably my favorite quotes in air quotes, my favorite opening kill uh, since the Drew Barrymore one. Because it's so, it's so rad. Ryan, what do you think about how this one starts off with uh, Tara? Oh, I think, like, damn me, I was going to watch the trailer for this one as soon as they put it out. And then in watching it, I remember, I remembered it. And I didn't, I didn't revisit this trailer very much at all. Like mm-hmm. I saw it when it was available online and then it played in front of Halloween kills. And those are the only two times I watched the trailer. Cause I was like, I know I'm in, I'm yeah. not visiting this. <laughs> I'm not spoiling anything for myself. And I really tried to stay in the dark about this movie. And so it was like in watching it in the theater, you know, there was like the, well, the directors did say that they put some false shots in the trailers. Yeah. So maybe there's some of this that isn't going to play out, but they left it a little bit of like, okay, maybe she does make it. And I thought that the scene itself was pretty damn good. Yeah. Like I thought it was, it was actually, it was really good. And then the, yeah, I think the surprising part to me was how, what immediately what followed and how it was that she survived. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, okay. Very cool. I like that. So yeah, it feels Mm -hmm. like, okay, this, this character is going to play a part in this movie. Now it's not just, you know, okay. Got her out of the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which I thought was like very cool. But I think it, as a scene itself, I thought that, yeah, this opening was I mean, right up there with the best of the, the franchise mm-hmm. of openers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well said. Zeddy, how about you, brother? Yeah, I, I thought General Ortega right off the bat to me was probably, I think, probably the most compelling character for me. I thought she was terrific the whole the whole movie. I Because I thought she brought something different too. Like, you know, it's such a different, like, like you know, we you say how, Barrymore set the tone in a 95 film in the OG one, one right? But she dies, right? And kind of sets the tone. So I dug that this one felt very modern too. Like, like she's messing with the killer. Mm-hmm. She's looking up the answers on her followers. Oh, Bar- I, I Where Drew that. Barrymore's character yeah. didn't have that luxury because it's very 90s. You know, she's answering <laughs> on the phone. You know? So I, I, I misheard the question when he asked about uh, in the first stab. Yeah. And she was she was questioning she's going through and it sh- and it showed Heather Graham, Casey Becker, 
and she goes heather graham and i think it was kind of quiet in my theater and i go oh like that because <laughs> i thought i thought and i thought that that was clever too that they he was asking like who was it that died in stab one? I don't remember his question. I thought, oh, Casey Becker's the answer, but she mm -hmm. pulled it up and that she said the wrong one. You know, she said oh, the actress's yeah. name instead of who she was playing. And so then yeah. said Heather Graham. And I go, oh, and then, yeah, he was like, got you, correct or whatever. And I was like, oh, whoops. Mm -hmm. <laughs> whoops. <laughs> yeah, she's right. I just yeah, heard. I've been dead. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's well said. And I think it's also too a testament. You know, maybe we'll talk about this a little later too, because I definitely think like, you know, if there is no more, uh, screen movies after that. I definitely think this might be the last time you can probably do that. Something like that. Cause, you know, I think the whole idea of like this guy that's in like a Halloween costume and he kind of prank calls this teenage girl and he asks her a bunch of like questions or what or whatever. I think I don't know if maybe you can do that in these times necessarily anymore. I think that's like kind of an outdated uh, premise. But maybe we'll talk about that a little later. As far as you know, um, if there it can be another screen movie, you know what they can do to make it. Uh, more modern and more different because i don't know if there really is an answer to that so. and i will say um i want to add on to some ryan said that was brilliant is it also completely changes the what her character or what ends up happening to her character is really you know remixing and changing the classic scream formula of where we don't see the first woman die mm -hmm. and um what you get used to in seeing in two and then when you watch three and four is you really assume that these first characters you see who answer the phone are going to die and that they're throwaway characters and i thought her performance was so good that i'm like oh man it sucks that she's going to die because like i love what she's given me then when they fast forward and say that she's alive and they introduce sam played by melissa barrera and you find out like that they're sisters i'm like oh the opening girl has she she's going to be an important role in this movie and it's almost like undoing that yeah I don't want to call it a cliche, but the scream, which we all love, but the lovable trope of the first person you see is killed. Now you're like, okay, wait a minute. This movie already feels fresh because she's alive. And technically there hasn't been a kill yet. Now it's just an attack, mm -hmm. which allows this, which allows the mystery of what's happening to kind of start growing in a different way than we've seen. It doesn't open with this quick, kill and everyone's going crazy and then you see it's perfect way to bring in all our friends in because their friend got stabbed and now people are spooked that like they're next and um where they go from there i thought it was super cool it's super different um and i and that's when the movie really hooked me i said okay we're we're they're trying to give us something a little different here um mm -hmm. which i like mm -hmm. a lot yeah 100 so nika you literally already said you know that we get introduced to our characters right so Ryan, you know, I want to ask you what you thought of, you know, the characters in the movie. You know, we obviously we got our OG characters coming back and we got a lot of these legacy characters coming back. You know, obviously they're going to market the movie on the OG characters uh, coming back too. But, you know, spoiler, you know, yeah. the OG characters are really used only when they need to be, at least in my opinion. But um, I okay. want to get your thoughts on just what, right. you, what, what you thought of. Uh, the, we got to let the disclaimer out. The disclaimer out now of uh, we may have differing opinions, and that is yes. okay. We are friends. That is a okay. We are friends, we are friends here. <laughs> no, I'm but gonna I'm, start sixty seven. You right after we get out of this podcast. <laughs> I'm not answering. I don't answer phone calls. So. No, I just told yeah, no, Sam. No one's called me. No one's actually called me in four years. I I don't think I've answered a phone call that's not from my parents. In in, in it's overrated years. anymore. This yeah, isn't I, Zeddy. I can't do it. <laughs> uh, but I mean, you already kind of said as far as like the legacy characters, I was very surprised at kind of underutilized they were. 
Um, I almost felt a little like there. Hey, here's the three characters that are in each movie. Okay, back to the new ones. Okay, mm-hmm. here's the mm-hmm. characters that you know. Okay, back to the old. And Dewey had a lot to do. Mm-hmm. Sydney had a lot in the last act. Mm-hmm. Poor Gail, I don't think had anything to do. Mm-hmm. They didn't I, have I, anything. I would agree Courtney with Cox. you. Yeah, and I mean, even with and I mean, you guys already said spoiler. Okay, when we get into that final act, and she's even with Sydney as they're walking up to the house, and that shot in the trailer, and there's a scream. She's, "Are you ready for this?" No, I'm not. Or and then she gets shot right after she's done. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh well, she, I thought this was building up to your and Sydney's big kick-ass moment, and you're out of the game now." So okay, huh? Um, as you already said, uh, she played, uh, she played Tara Jenna Ortega. I thought mm-hmm. she was great. Yeah, uh, I think she's the like to me. I think she was the star of the movie. Yeah, uh, she's yeah. just. I think she's just damn good. Even in, even in the roles of uh, laying in the hospital bed, I thought yeah. she was really she was, good. Yeah, and the pain you felt, you could feel. I always cringe if somebody in a cast that has to get out and try and hobble, and she's in the oh, wheelchair. Oh god! Oh man, dude, it hurt the me blood's so bad. coming oh, on the wheelchair. God. She's wheeling oh. and stuff, and it's just like, oh man, you you felt for. It. I thought that that it was, was it was. Oh dude, it hurt so bad. That was good. I've actually I've seen a lot of kind of uh, back and forth on uh, the lead character Sam. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought she was all right. She was stronger sometimes than others, and then. Uh, the guy who played Wes, who I think I feel like I've seen him in everything I've ever watched before. He's he's, <laughs> he he's very, he was on um he's popped up in so much, but he's on that like he was on that um which oh thirteen reasons why thirteen that reasons why. yeah that's the go. name okay. I was thinking of the name there yeah. and like that show was just like I didn't watch it but I feel like it was everywhere like and like his mm-hmm. face was everywhere. So that's yeah. probably where there. Yeah, he's there with that. Uh, I thought he was pretty good. Um, made me laugh that Deputy Hicks was back. Mm-hmm. Um, she's very uh, wacky, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I actually don't not like her. Um, and then who do we? Okay, then I'm sorry. I know I'm going one by one through it. No, all. dude, go uh, ahead. Richie, I thought was he was good. I felt like he was kind of over doing it a little bit but i think in the end that was the point mm-hmm. um the the meeks martin twins uh i liked chad a little bit more than mindy but o- overall mm-hmm. they were all right um then my big complaints <laughs> like i didn't care about live at all yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. she reminded me of who was the uh the red herring boyfriend in four who just it seemed like I'm here only for you to think that I'm a suspect oh, and then uh, I kind of don't amount yeah. to anything. Yep. I forgot yeah, his yeah. name, but yeah. Um, and then he ends up getting shot in the balls. Yeah. Shot oh. head by Emma Roberts, <laughs> Which still terrifies me to this day. <laughs> guy oh actually God. did guy actually did nothing wrong in the whole movie and gets absolutely obliterated. Um, yeah. Scene. <laughs> in, in a way, Liv kind of was that that way I thought. And then um Amber apologies i have not i haven't seen this or at least i can't remember seeing this actress anything i did not think she was good at all okay and Mm -hmm. so i was even more disappointed spoiler (laughs) to find out in the end that she was one of the killers or at Mm -hmm. the point that it was revealed she was the killer it wasn't until later than then not long after that we found out there was another one but i there's just so many like in thinking about it of 
and we can come back to this. You guys, uh, you guys guide me, but I think I, I just didn't think she was very good at all. Mm-hmm. Wasn't convincing the, I don't think, I don't think she, the script didn't help her, but I don't know that the script could have helped her either. Mm-hmm. So for her, for her specifically, her part, her role and all that, I'm just, ugh. I mean, that's a, that's a bummer. And how supposed to be a big player of the movie and, kind of to me i will say um just to comment on some of the characters as well and we could just do that too zed because i think it's a cool i like how ryan went through each one here um to kind of give my own and then comment on some of what you said because it's all completely valid and you have some Mm -hmm. darn good darn good points oh stop it it was a fight (laughs) no no i don't see for me for me i agree um i agree with you about the legacy characters for the ogs but at the same at the same time i almost respect how i agree cox really didn't have much to to do um i respect though how they even for they all feel like the scream is like the scream franchise is about that trio. Mm -hmm. And I like how in this movie, they did really commit to the new cast. I think more than they ever have clearly because the way that the screen time, the three OGs have significantly less compared to the other three. Um, I liked Dewey's role. I thought it was really good for him. And I do like Sydney's role in the last act. And while I do think they were underutilized, I think I respect Emmett. I respect and am okay with. That's a hard sentence. And am and, and okay. am okay with um, them taking such a backseat because it's clear that these directors and writers really wanted to focus more on this new story and just use all these other callbacks and actors in the other films in more of a supporting role. Um, and I thought at least for Dewey and Sydney, what they had was good for what the script said that they should have um and corny cox yeah at least she gets to shoot the girl at the end and you're like okay she did something um as for the new cast i completely agree uh jenna ortega i thought was my favorite character in the movie i think from a pure acting standpoint i agree i think she's the best performance in the movie um and i'm ready to see her in a bunch of other stuff because i hadn't seen her in anything until this and i was blown away um so many great choices and so much subtle acting she does and then the overt stuff was great i i thought sam was really solid um i I do think that at times the performance came and went but um i i did i I won't lie to you man i loved in that last act when she's killing richie Oh man, I thought she sold that so well when she's like, you don't F with a serial killer's daughter and just goes mm-hmm. ham on him. I'm like, oh, I believe that you are ending this man's life. <laughs> um, I liked Richie Jack Quaid. The funny thing is, I was almost happy with how he overdid it at the end because mm-hmm. he's the star of The Boys on Amazon. And um, I love him in there. And I actually thought in this movie, he was like, not, I don't want to say dangerously, but he was doing that thing where like, I felt like, oh, they just got him for this role and they wanted him to play Huey from the boys, just like the awkward dude. (laughs) And I was watching this going, man, I actually really thought he was going to do something else in this movie, but he's playing the same role. I've seen him play for two seasons on some other show. He's like the awkward 
like nerdy but kind of charming guy and i'm like okay he's good he's just doing what he does and then when he hammed it up at the end kind of like stew in one where he was like really over the toply crazy i'm like okay at least he got to do something else as an actor at least at yeah. least they got to let him loose and that reveal uh worked for me um and then as for the twins i like them i did love um mindy's monologue about the toxic fandom and we'll talk so about good, that later man. that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie <laughs> and i don't really care for a character outside of that one scene but the way she goes through like it's that exposition scene of what the movie is going to be which like what they do in all of them but then when she got into like it happened in star wars and she's like just the way that she did that whole monologue i thought was great uh wes i thought was good too but r.i.p man he was gone too soon <laughs> love seeing Hicks back and now here's here's where it gets interesting and I'm going to agree on one and and then agree on the second but say why I actually liked it um Liv I agree she was the stereotypical hot girl who's in there completely to subvert you and then just gets killed and actually also does nothing wrong in the film and dies so she's one of the tragic deaths so Amber I'll agree um so she's from uh she plays one of the Manson killers in uh Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I saw that credit, but I yeah. only saw that movie like once in theaters. I don't remember. Yeah. She's just at the end. Um she's one of the killers who goes to Sharon Tate or who are supposed okay. to go to Sharon Tate's house and accidentally goes to Leo's and she's the one who gets lit on fire and then flame throat in the pool. Oh wow. Um, yeah. Uh, so lit yeah. on fire, huh? Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> So what's funny is when the movie started, um, and I love that film. So when the so when I knew she was cast and that movie started, I haven't seen her in anything else. I was almost like, I thought they were telegraphing that she was the killer a little too much. Okay. Um, and that and her performance didn't really convince me otherwise either. So when she was revealed as the killer, I was like, oh yeah, of course she is. And this was actually the one I was able to predict the most because this is the one I could follow the whole movie. And the only reason I was following her so specifically the whole film is because I'm like, she played a psycho killer in another film. Are they really going to have her do it again? And they did, which is the same way I was following Jack Quaid so carefully, carefully, because I'm like, they're literally having you play something you always play. But then he flips and they had her play the thing she always played. And then she still plays it at the end. Um, But I did like the reveal because I liked in my mind as me as an audience member, the way I was following the movie, I liked seeing an obvious one and one that did kind of shock me. That's um, funny because I think I, the same way or the same thing, but the opposite. Okay, cool. cool. And I'll, I'll wait though, because I know that Zeddy hasn't gotten to talk and you're yeah. not finished. So whenever we <laughs> yeah. circle back to this, I'll, I'll make sure to, to say why So carry on. Heck yeah, please Zed <laughs> about all the characters. Cause I don't think I missed any. Oh uh, no. I didn't miss anything. Mm-hmm. You're up. Yeah, no, I, I I thought the legacy characters were probably good for what they were being asked to do. I will say, because I mean, it, you know, it's one of those things. It's such a hard sell because it's a whole fresh new cast, and you're marketing the movie based on the originals that are going to be in the movie, and you watch the movie. That. They did do that, and the OGs are really hardly in it. You know, Dewey's probably in it the most, I would say, out of all of them, and then mm-hmm. you kind of don't see him in like that back half of the movie, and then. You see Sydney in like the beginning of the movie, and she's like not even in the second act for most of it, and then she kind of comes back in the third act. Um, the OG characters I can see where people are a little 50-50 on because obviously I think you know 
if they're in it too much, I think they take away from the younger cast that's trying sure, to make the sure. movie and be the stars. But if they're in it too little, I think you probably disappoint the fans that are there. You probably see them and probably see that nostalgic uh, factor that's probably selling the movie for them. So I think it was a tough sell. I can see maybe being a little disappointed by Cindy's uh, character. People maybe thinking they want a little bit more from her because I can kind of see it. Or she's, you know, she's really like the veteran at all. I've been, I've been down this road so many times. I'll just let them handle it, you know. And that she kind of, and you kind of feel that she's been down that road so many times. Like she can't, she can't even hold her own with uh, another ghost face killer. She's getting whacked by this teenager. Uh, so you, you feel like, you know, like the battle wounds are there for her. Uh, but and then obviously, it's 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 so hard to because like I I dig what they were going for for sure and I definitely see the whole over the top uh vibe of it because I think that's what they were going for to be quite honest you know the movie literally takes place in Billy Loomis's house they go back to the mm-hmm. original they wanted it to end to, to end <laughs> where it started um and, and it was I mean the Jack Quaid was probably embracing his inner stew there and I dug it uh and, and it gets you so. Overall, I think you probably got a little more out of out of the younger cast. And I think that's what they wanted you to do. Uh, but I also think it's a, it's a little it's a little bit like Ghostbusters too. You know, the OGs kind of come in there towards the end and kind of help carry the movie a little bit. But I definitely, I I'm pretty satisfied overall. Like you know, I I, I wouldn't have put them in it more than I think what they were in for. To be honest, see, I think what Nico you could have made a good point with this that I hadn't thought of. So I mean, actually, uh. Zeddy, you commented on it too. <clears throat> my my thing of saying of getting us new characters outside of the legacy ones, I thought that they accomplished that with four. So mm. some other things in this movie where I feel like that they were trying to say this movie was about, I'm like, you guys actually did it the last movie 10, 11 years ago. And I think you did it better then. Maybe you just mm. didn't know that you were doing it then. But what you said though, Nico, in the sense of, that movie killed off almost all of its new characters. Yeah. And it, and it wasn't about them specifically. It still was clinging on to the mm-hmm. legacy ones. So considering that thinking that over is like, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Whereas this one was definitely of, we're not anchoring on to these three. We're our own thing. And they're just popping in when, you know, when it's appropriate. So in that regard, I do think like, I do see that point. Um, yeah and why we didn't see as much of them this time around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even too, and that's well said. And even to your point too, though, um, and to bring up something that Zeddy talks about earlier is we are so used to those three having a lot to do. And the marketing is, was yeah. really around the original three, even the poster. I'm looking at it right now. I mean, they are the three largest characters on the poster and all the new cast is small on the bottom. Yeah. So it's almost like, not saying that that they tricked you, but they almost mm-hmm. had it centered. So I do think that when you're watching it, I had to do a little bit of a pause too, where I was looking and I realized how much time had passed. I'm like, okay, they're really using them yeah, in this ultra supporting role. Um, a hundred percent. So, mm-hmm. which those posters are good. That one you just oh, referenced. And poster, then I think it's yeah. a, it's like a profile yeah. shot of just ghost face. And then yeah. I mean, they did solo character ones too. But I think as far as like just the ghost face one on its own and then the, um, 
then yeah the one with all the characters and even on the bottom of like the killers on this poster you know oh, man, so i, I like that. i really like both of those some of the best i think in the in the franchise poster absolutely absolutely yeah one hundred percent. so obviously i think i want to talk about the twist here in a in a few minutes sure. here, but i want to get your <gasps> guys thoughts on oh yeah there's always a twist come on um what you guys thought and just the use of tension in this movie because i i felt it quite a few times and you know we mentioned that you know there is uh some emotion that's in the movie too but uh i think the use of tension in this movie was pretty good i mean especially that long uh scene with west when you know he's gonna die and he's like opening oh the fridge closing yeah. the fridge opening the fridge closing the fridge and like See, nothing's happening yet and then like i didn't you know you meet his, i don't know yeah ryan go ahead What'd you do? i didn't know that he was gonna die by the time that they were doing the the first reference of they were looking on his right side as he's opening a door i mean that was framed up looking like sydney in the first one opening her closet when she like yeah. uh, in the evening hours and into which it's like they're sitting on that expecting and then the door closes nothing. And then he goes over, opens the fridge, closes it and nothing. So at that point, and it'd be really curious if this was their goal. But to me, I was like, I, maybe they're just playing with us because yeah. we know his mom is dead right outside the front door. And man, are we just playing with this? She just died. So now he's he's got to be safe. And so, I mean, that's just what I was thinking with this mm. stuff. And then the way that they they surprised it was like that was a to me, that was a good surprise. Yes, uh, yes. And a, a bit of a standout surprise because cr- critiquing this movie, I think it, I don't know if it held up with me as far as a lot of tension. And I think it was less aggressive uh, mm-hmm. in like its attacks and stuff. I think four seemed pretty extreme and kind of brutal. And yeah. bam, there's Ghostface and he wasn't messing around. Like he yeah. came mm-hmm. out stabbing. And was just like, that's it. And ruthless. Um, and I didn't feel any kind of much ruthlessness in this outside of that first, um, the first scene with, with Tara, you know, stomping on her ankle. Which that, oh, oh, that was rough. But then like, even, even with the hospital, another standout sequence, I think the opening in the hospital, I think were the standout sequences to me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that ghost face just seemed toying with everybody mm-hmm. instead of out to just, end it and then that's it's done and i thought four really took the franchise like forward and being more ruthless and this Mm -hmm. i think took a step back and was a little bit more playing with into which to me it didn't that didn't create tension for me because i thought you're it's being drawn out a little bit here ryan i agree with you 100 i i think there was a lack of tension in this movie However, I think they sacrificed tension and I think they sacrificed tension for a little, for creativity. And what I mean by that is right off the bat, we don't get the first woman dying and then we get the really quick death, you know, outside of the bar um, with, I forget that character's name because he's gone so quick. He has one. Oh line. man, who was he in Smallville? Yeah. He, he was a uh, flash wannabe in Smallville. Yeah. Yes. So then he was killed. Vince. Vince, oh yeah, Vince, yeah. Vince, like he gets total killed right red away. herring, <laughs> total red herring, because like he, that was he's yep. he's he's made to be super creepy, and then he gets killed, and then I thought the sequence with West dying and Sheriff Hicks dying, I'm with you is such a standout moment because 
And I think this was their goal. I think they got us to think all these different ways. Instead of being tense, I think just like Ghostface was in this movie, the directors are playing with us because they keep Tara alive. And then they kill Sheriff Hicks, which was kind of shocking. I mean, I thought she might die, but it was shocking in broad daylight outside of her house. So very creative. She's getting stabbed. Takes the police forever to get there. Takes them a long ass I time. Mean, yeah, man. that's true. <laughs> long ass time. But then I was the same way, Ryan. When she dies, I go, oh, Wes is safe. Yeah. And then when he gets killed, I go, this is the first time I think the series has done a a buy one get one right a two for one deal <laughs> where 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 they kill two characters right away and his was very um i think four was the most gory and the most relentless yeah. Yeah. but the whole stab through the mouth i think was different and that one right through the neck yeah oh, and, oh yeah yeah his they, neck, yeah that really got me too because i'm like ooh, just the way it looked for me and i'm like wow they're both dead and then another standout sequence is in the hospital they were screwing with me, at least me personally. Again, they were screwing with me again because I go, wait a minute. They kept Tara alive. They made me think she was going to live. Are they going to give me the finger and kill her right here? So was I tense during that scene? Yes, not the rest. But I do think that was also creative because it made, I think we're so conditioned with certain rules of scream mm -hmm. and they kind of gave us some new ones and broke a couple so those two sequences with Wes dying and Tara almost dying a second time were the two times where I'm like, normally I, I feel like I know what's going to happen and I just kind of strap in for it. And with these, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to actually off Tara or not, or maybe they're going to kill Sam right now um, because wow, this movie might actually be about Tara and the older sister die. So, um, so I agree with you that there's a lack of tension, but I think there is more in a way creativity or with the way they played with the audience to subvert us on purpose, I think was definitely there in my opinion. I don't know. Zeddy, how about you? Am I crazy or am I just a little unwell? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. You know, I, I just, I think for me, I just dug the whole, I thought it was, they were trying to go for this urban myth legend concept with Ghostface, where it kind of pops up every year. And it's like a different concept because each one, you know, Ghostface, in a screen movie is different from the other, right? Where these ones were literally just toxic fans that wanted to remake a better movie. Uh, something about that I kind of just liked. Um, and obviously, I, I thought the kills were pretty brutal, but I, I, I won't argue that. I think in 4, it's probably oh, the man. most glorious. Uh, Dude, like far. her room in 4 when her guts are on the bed and the blood on the walls. I'm like, yeah, that, on, that one was yeah. gnarly. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, but what I actually want to do is I want to get in a little bit of controversy here, because uh, I think what the, what the conversation is hitting here is the uh, the third act of the movie. So obviously, uh, Sam Carpenter ends up being Billy Loomis's daughter. Movie takes place in Billy Loomis's house. Controversial third act. Stu's so, house. Stu's house. Stu's house, Eddie. Come I on. feel like it, I feel like it was Billy's house. Here's but the controversy. Okay. You're trying to make me think. Yeah, it wasn't trying, really in Stu's he's house. trying to subvert. <laughs> he's, he's trying to subvert even our listeners. I'm on to you, Zednik. Uh -huh. uh -huh. Whose house really? Who whose house <laughs> was it really? I mean, come on. I mean, people bought the house. Whatever. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, Ryan, what do you think of the uh, the twist? I should say. And uh, do you think that they were trying to go for the whole redeem the old the OG villain in the first movie? Do you think they were? Oh, man. Trying to do so, so something many. different there. What do you think? 
I got to break this up in sections or else I'll talk for the next 50 minutes. Do it. I'm a guest. It's your guys' show. I need to. I need to. Um, the Billy part, I got very excited when she closed that mirror and saw him for the first time over her shoulder. And I was like, that's, that's Billy Loomis. Holy shit. And then I somehow missed while trying to listen, which we had these annoying kids, which police ended up talking to running up and down steps. Oh man. And so I think that began at the part where she was explaining. And then I like, there's just a little gap in explaining and then, and the dad was Billy Loomis. And then my head was kind of like, wait, what? So then I'm trying to go back and be like, trying to do the whole age thing here of like, wait, yeah. how old was she? And then I, uh, wait, he was with Sydney, but, uh, uh, um, and then I just went with it. And then that concept, I just kind of felt, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I'm like, it's an interesting concept that they took, that they were taking us down and then never, just left it kind of open and didn't capitalize on it because I thought that's an interesting idea. What's this mean about her? And then she has these visions and then she's like, ah, she's projecting. She doesn't want them. And then all of a sudden when she's in the house at the end, she sees him and he, he kind of nods to her that there, there's the gun in which she finds the gun. She gets it and she shoots. And then I can't, I, maybe I'm projecting here that I thought there was like some kind of nod he gives her that she sees that he gives her something in which to me instantly in my head was like, wait, I'm trying to put this together. I'm not trying to overthink this. Uh, she's trying to get approval from her serial killer dad that she's completely making up in her head. And then that's supposed to be some kind of like fuzzy, warm feeling for us. Cause it feels like that's her arc. And then I was kind of like scratching my head a little bit and I'm like, what the frick? I don't, I, hmm, that's too bad because it's not the Billy concept. I am totally in for. I really, really dug that. I feel like they didn't utilize it well. And I'm not, a, I'm not a writer. I'm not one to be like, what they should have done. No, I'm <laughs> judging what I saw. And that's where I'm kind of like, ah, I, it was there. And I don't, I don't feel like you stuck the landing with it. What? I'm glad you brought this up <clears throat> to me. So I'm in a similar, a very similar place with you. Only I okay. ended up happier than me. No, <laughs> no. I did the thing where I, um, <clears throat> I think I tried to make more leaps like for myself. Okay. So like, because at the end of the day, I'm, I'm just like you were, even though I love this stuff and I like doing reviews and I like critiquing, I go at the end of the day, I'm not a writer or a director. So there's clearly things that exist in this world in art that I think might miss me as an audience member. So I do my best to try to go, okay, wait, what did you want me to do? And I still don't know exactly what they went for. The, what I created in my head was and it helped talking to so many people about this. So I'm going to also thank you. You know, some other friends of mine who saw it, JJ Hodges, who I talked to it about it um, with like, kind of like helping me talk through this is the concept initially is super rad. I'm super in for it. Right. Like, mm-hmm. and when she's seeing the visions, it's haunting. She's like, man, like, I, like, am I you or like, you're coming back to haunt me. You were the killer. Now all these people are dying. Like, is it really me who has to go? And then, when the the thing that threw me was like when it shows him gesture to like the the gun and then when it kind of shows him in the mirror again like 
um, kind of nodding to her. In my mind, I said, okay, because that was coming out of the theater. I'm like, just like Zeddy said, like, are we supposed to like light Billy Loomis now? No, he was literally a murderer mm-hmm. and was going to kill Sydney. And we found out that too. I think I forget the line too, Ryan, but I'm pretty sure he was like, just really wanted to have sex because Sydney wouldn't and f- had sex mm-hmm. with this other woman who got pregnant. Like I, I, I think that's what the, the, the lines were. Something um, I saw online said, Oh, this, this scene makes much more sense now of the first one of him really, talking yeah. to two girls at the movie store. And I thought, yes, that was funny. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Because he was just trying to, he was just trying to get his on, you know? So yeah. what I took it as is almost this, like, because one, and I went really high concept with this. So that's why like, I'm not right. I'm not wrong. I'm just like, I really tried to overthink. I did the overthinking thing where I'm like, I'm, I'm going to make myself accept this because there has to be a reason why they did this. And I don't think it's to make Billy Loomis good in our eyes. I think the whole movie, she's projecting like what she thinks he is and she's scared. Now she never met him. So all she knows is that he was a psycho killer that night. Right. So I think in my mind, she's almost letting for once the vision be like clear. And instead of like haunting her, she's going, okay, think, okay, wait, there's the weapon. I'm going to use the weapon. And at the end, I think the nod is almost like we got rid of Ghostface. I could put you away. I could say goodbye to you as this vision. And mm-hmm. you're not good. You're not bad. You're this projection of this, of this, terrible thing i learned about where i come from and now that we ended ghostface once and for all in their minds now that we ended ghostface once and for all maybe you will go away in my visions and maybe you can let me go in my mind and that's where i wonder if there's other scenes that didn't end up in the movie because they wanted to keep like every scream is like it clocks it's impressive almost every film clocks in at a about one hour, 50 minutes. It's really impressive. Yep. They all clock in the same time. I wonder, maybe there's a scene or two on the cutting room floor, but that's what I kind of made myself feel like, because I'm with you when it ends. And like how Zeddy posed the initial question, I'm like, when that movie ended, I go, there is no way they want me to like Billy Loomis or think he was a good person at mm-hmm. the end of the movie. Cause you go back and watch scream one. No, 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 <laughs> absolutely not. So in my mind, it was almost like this. And I'm with you. I don't think they did a good enough job of like showing that because then the visions are gone for a while. And then they come back after being gone for a while to, to literally help her. And then like, say like, good job. And Mm -hmm. I wonder in my mind, I'm going, Oh, that's her vision going. You could say, I'm going to go away. Like you beat me. Good job. Mm -hmm. You used your own smarts. You got out of it. You found the weapon. You didn't freak out and you ended the killer for once and for all. Don't worry. You're not a serial killer. I'm not going to haunt you anymore. Goodbye. That's my best guess at what they went for. I haven't watched interviews or, or anything with them talking about it. Maybe I will. If someone's listening, if you did, and you know the answer to this question that is clearly perplexing the three of us. Um, one that, made me want to write an essay just for my own brain on why I think this will work in this essay. I will explain why Billy Loomis was in Sam's head, giving her approval. That is my best guess. Zeddy, how about you? Cause we didn't talk about this after the, we 
this is one thing about the movie that we actually haven't talked about and mm-hmm. we saw it together. So do mm-hmm. you think they were trying to like make built like, but you can't, but yeah. you can't. Right. I don't, I don't No, I, I don't think you can, to be quite honest. I, my best guess is that they really saw this movie as like this nostalgic end all be all want to close all the doors, leave all the stories, you know, as close ended as possible. Uh, and by doing that, you kind of had to wrap up every single thing, right? So I I feel like, because, you know, it's such a catch-22, right? Because obviously, in order to redeem a character like that, I would have assumed that it's Billy trying to convince Sam not to kill, as opposed to convincing her that, hey, in order to save your life, you have to kill. Because then it's like the serial killer's daughter becomes a serial killer's daughter, right? Because she never killed anybody up until that point. So I think to answer my own questions that, you know, in order for him to be redeemed, quote unquote, for me, I'm I'm thinking she's got to not kill somebody. because That's the way to redeem a serial killer's daughter is for the serial killer's daughter to not be a killer almost. Right. But I also get it, too, because it's a weird thing, because in that situation, she literally has no choice. I would assume, right. Either she gets killed or she has to kill the person that's trying to kill her. So I think that's kind of where. The chips fall as far as her being Billy Loomis's daughter. I get that. I'm actually cool with that. I think that's cool. I think it's just the the situation I think she was presented in. Or maybe she's the one who finally wins the game, right? Like maybe when she's killing Richie, she thinks she's killing her dad. She's oh. killing the villain. She's killing Ghostface. She's killing Scream, right? Mm-hmm. And at the end, he goes, You won. Because he's kind of those visions yeah. are kind of baiting her and haunting her. And at the end, I wonder if it's almost like a you won. You beat me. Mm-hmm. I'm going away now. You, you, you're good. You're not me. You're gonna be the hero forever. So, maybe I. Yeah. It yeah, certainly I mean, ain't yeah. to redeem him. It, there's no way it's to redeem him because no. that that's he just, was actually well, a hero in the first yeah, one. I don't right. know if that's what you guys got out of it. <laughs> yeah, right. He's actually the actual main <laughs> character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. He was oh. here as uh, Sid's journey to help her. Uh, fulfill her dreams to go to college and oh, um, join a theater production with <laughs> Raz Al Ghul as her director. And all that. It's, oh, it's all connected. It's all connected. That's amazing. He is the catalyst. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure though, but I mean, I definitely think there's no coincidence that this does take place, you know, in the house that kind of started it all. So I think Oh yeah. for that to kind of be, you know, the end all be all, I actually really like, because I'm under the impression that I know, I think this movie is doing pretty good. Uh, box office wise, I don't have the numbers it's, in front of me. It's but... almost almost cleared Scream 4's total box office. Okay, so um, I think so, numbers yeah. came in at like uh, domestic thirty point something million, maybe reached thirty one okay. by now at the time of this recording, thirty two, uh, okay. and Scream Four made thirty eight. So gotcha. I think I think it's doing well for you know a fifth entry in a yeah a horror franchise. Mm-hmm. So. In yeah. a pandemic, yeah. In, a, in pandemic. a pandemic, yeah, even more impressive too. Um, I take as the question I want to uh, ask you both, and we'll probably wrap up here. Is you know, I know there's talk of you know the the studio, of course, because you know when a movie makes money, they obviously want to make more, right? It's 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 just business. Uh, but I I guess the question that I want to ask Nico, and then I want to end with Laura on this one is, uh, you know, Scream Six, whatever they want to call it, you know, uh, should there be a Scream Six? Can there be a Scream Six? You know. What do we do with this franchise, you know, in 2022 and beyond? You know, do we let it rest? Do we try to modernize it even more? Nico, what do you think? Once again, like I I was trying to 
the promo for this, I will admit, I really wasn't involved with interviews or anything, which I normally will do because if you listen to the show, you know I was in my Spider-Man No Way Home hoopla still hasn't ended. I mean, I saw that thing six times in the months of December and January combined. So it was like Scream was the first movie I saw in a theater that wasn't Spider-Man No Way Home. So I didn't, I wasn't invested. That's why I'm like, I didn't even know the names of characters or the premise really outside of the trailer. I've only seen a few times like Ryan. Do I doubt they're going to try to keep going? No, I wonder if they will. Um, at the same time, I'm almost cool with letting this rest for a little bit because, and I do want to get Ryan's thoughts on one more thing before he answers even this question. Yeah. Is the way they made this more about these new characters and the way that the OG cast was used in an ultra-supporting role um, is how many more times can I watch Sydney do this? And the and like the trope can be that it's going to follow her for life. But the one thing I really liked about this movie, and I don't want to get Ryan's thoughts about it, is when the movie first starts and you see that Sydney's happy with her kids and everything, and she even tells Dewey, like, I'm going to stay away from this one. I'm like, yeah, you know, at this point, if I'm her, even though I think she would have inevitably came back because she has to, but I did think it was brilliant in a way that it took Dewey's death to bring her back. And I don't know what you can do in a six to bring her back. Like, do you, because then it gets gratuitous. Like, do you kill Gail and then have it be like Sydney's the last one standing, you know? Um, and I, and I enjoyed this one so much because of how, fresh and a little different it felt and i liked more of the new that maybe i would be down to see like sam and Tara again but i don't know if i want to see sydney keep getting roped into this i kind of want her as a fan i want her to finally like rest mm -hmm. because man once after the first three it's in the next two decades she's getting the call i'm like can this third decade can she just have her kids and her grandkids and and just die under natural causes surrounded by her family at 99, like Betty white and just RIP legend. Mm -hmm. um, but Ryan, <laughs> how did you feel about Dewey dying? I'm genuinely curious. Oh yeah. <clears throat> I, so really quick. Um, I think it, it would have been more shocking and they had their chance to really shock us if the legacy characters, any of them would have died in four. Okay. This one, I wasn't fully surprised that Dewey died because to me, I thought one of them has to mm -hmm. at this point. Okay. This and as far as the, here. Okay. the future, they, I think they missed their boat to have them die and have it mean something. I think at this okay. point, it would uh, be if anybody's Halloween resurrection. You knew Jamie Lee Curtis was dying at the beginning of that movie. I'm sorry. You just felt like she's dying and it wasn't a shock. It didn't have much. This was before the movie goes into shit territory, even like <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, it, yeah. it just it didn't. Oh man, if it if she'd have bit the dust in H two O, it would have hit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they they missed that chance. And I think I'm not going to say that I was hoping any of them were going to die in this one. It just to me felt like for sure for some reason I'm like I just feel like Dewey's going to get it. Uh, yeah, and it would have just it would have made more of an impact last time last movie. So I agree with you. I agree with your point of like gratuitous beyond this. I think it it's expected. Uh, yeah. It's not going to be surprising. It's not going to pack the emotional punch of of Randy's RIP too soon. Oh man. Uh, you know, oh, from 97. That one oh. still hurts. 
like it's just i don't think it's gonna hit that as mm-hmm. much so that's you. where i'm at with those i agree with that yeah. um as far as where does the where does it go from here i don't know <laughs> I, yeah i have i have no clue what they can do and mm-hmm. i think part of what i just said about the legacy characters uh i don't know what you do with them i mean I, there's right, two like, now, but i don't know what yeah. you do with the two of them yeah uh, like unless they feel like they need to do one more to really give Gail something to do, but I feel like yeah, I feel Ghost like gets her on her morning right? show. Ghost... <laughs> wait I a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! You're onto something there. <laughs> we got something right. Oh, Let's write that script. It's just it's televised. Right. But even that, like like I loved real quick the I think the toxic fandom being the like the motivation for them because every okay. every killer has like this like meta thing. Um, I thought that was hysterical because it is so self-awarely ridiculous. Yep. And at the same time, um, it's it's exaggerating something that's super relevant, right? As these toxic fans, and um, it's almost scary in a way because how how aggressive these fans can get now on Twitter and stuff, and actually sending death threats and stuff. Like it's taking like Last Jedi, Snyder Cut um the, the ghostbusters 2016 and like taking it to the max where they make actual these characters into the kill <laughs> into the killers so i was laughing during the reveal but i'm like oh i think that i think they want me to because mm-hmm. it's so like goes back to the monologue in the middle of the movie and every scream film always lays out the ground rules of what's happening and how self-awarely it and how self-aware it is and i love how this one leans into that camp and leans into the fact, wow, it's these, it's these two, and they're doing it the whole film, so it's consistent. Oh, stab eight sucks when uh, Richie, it's a red herring when he calls and he acts like he's just watching. He's like, man, this movie really sucks. I see why people are mad, you know. Yeah, this thing is making people crazy. And then when they're using the lines, when the killers are using the lines that everyone else said in, in, uh, in earlier in the film, going back to the monologue from. Mindy and everything is like, how could we be toxic when it means so much to us? They tried to ruin our childhoods. No, we need a movie that's for us and we're making it like this is the requel of our equals. And I'm like, I thought that was hysterical and mm-hmm. I was so down for it. If you do a six, like what could the concept be? Like, yeah. like that's what I'm wondering. Cause I was, I was shocked at how ridiculously cool this one was in my humble opinion for me as an audience member that I don't even know what you could use in the six to make me like buy into the ghost face and the killers again, without it being, cause now you even use that they were killing people tied to the killers. So mm-hmm. like who's even left in like, who's even left in the old scream world <laughs> or without just making it feel like there's two psycho killers and that's it. Maybe the way to go is very simple. Do you, do you just have someone who likes, who wants to kill people and they use mm. the mask because it makes news? But then Emma Roberts just wanted to be famous in four. So they kind of did that. Yeah. How you just said it, it being simple. Uh, I actually, I liked that point. So when, um, oh my gosh, shame on me that I keep thinking, I keep forgetting her name. Uh, Randy's niece. <laughs> there you oh, go. Uh, Mindy, Mindy, Mindy. Mindy. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. when she did the whole exposition scene of what this movie is going to be about, in which there and at the end in the kitchen in Stu's house, I felt like they were trying to cram uh, seven minutes of dialogue into two. 
Uh, they were really throwing a lot out there. And sometimes I, I don't like the, they don't show me, don't tell me. Sure. Sure. <laughs> um, sure. And I thought that was, but there were some good points in that long part. And one, I do like how the elevated, the point of elevated horror, because that mm-hmm. is true. That's very reflective of the now, but let's take it back to like, almost like origins in a sense of slasher. It's, I know that's mm-hmm. not the horror or horror origins, but let's take it back to simpler in slasher, which mm-hmm. just so happens to be like my favorite genre in the genre is the slasher genre. Sure. So I actually, I really did like that concept that they brought to the table here. And I mean, scream is a slasher series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't change that. Don't make it the Babadook. You know, yeah. which is Tara's favorite, by the way. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. Or good hereditary or, yeah. or get out. Like don't make it that it's a slasher. And so I, I like that um, talking point that they brought in the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Doc. Oh man. It's a good time. Can, can we get to the ending? <laughs> Yes, <laughs> yeah, I keep right. silencing Zeddy, and I'll be really, I'll be really fast. Oh I got... my goodness! Um, okay, so do I think they're gonna make a sixth movie? Probably. Do I want them to do it? No. Um, I definitely, you know, I love this franchise. I love all the movies. I think there's something to like about each of them, even though I like certain ones, um, higher than others. I just, I think you guys hit the nail on it. You know, I don't know where they go from here you know i think they showed all their cards in this movie you know regardless of whether or not it was executed you know i don't know what you gain from bringing back sydney again you know from bringing back courtney cox again you know i I, like this idea of you know they're just the legends that come back to just kill this ghost based killer whenever he pops up i think that kind of is a little bit stale now for me but um i don't know you know can they certainly make a fresh movie that's different from the other ones sure of course they can uh if it's written well and they have a good enough concept i say why not go for it i just you know I, I i don't know if you know the need for a six movie and beyond is there um because i think there is a thing is oversaturation too you know i think uh i think this movie for sure i'm okay with ha- that it happened i'm glad that it happened because it was different um i love that horror sees a, a renaissance as of late too so that's good uh just for the genre i'm just not sure where you go from here especially being a slasher movie because we saw with you know Something like Halloween Kills, you know, I thought Halloween 18 was pretty good. I thought Halloween Kills dropped the ball a little bit. I'm eager to see where Halloween ends kind of goes. But, um, and is somebody going to reboot it after that? Probably, because that's what they're going to do. That's what studios do. Uh, But I'm kind of hoping this rests for a while if they do decide to do it again. And if they Mm -hmm. do a reboot, I'm not sure that you reboot Sydney's character either. You know, I mean, Nev Campbell is literally associated with Sydney Prescott, right? So I don't I don't see anyone else really ever playing her character again. Uh, to be honest, and maybe I, that's a hot take or not. I don't know. And I did think like, oh, maybe they do a six and they just like don't use uh Campbell or Cox and they just let these new characters go again. But then I'm like in my head canon I'm going, well yeah. you had her in five. Why would her character not come back for like right. if she finds out it's happening again, like why wouldn't she help? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. One hundred percent. So obviously you know well we'll see you know hopefully this movie continues to do well you know for sure it's good for theaters box office ryan what is up can i can i just say something no yes. oh please <laughs> yes so back to amber and how she was not good yeah she that that uh person does not resemble the ghost face stature that we saw in the hospital hmm. oh I, yeah like, you're that's a great all. 
point. Yeah. And I don't think Jill did heels, score, heels, but heels. But Emma Roberts sold me on the character that I kind of let it slip because I thought she was doing a really good job. This, mm-hmm. the, I just don't think that this character hit at all for me. In the whole explanation part, um, they crammed, like I said, seven minutes into two minutes. That didn't hit that well for me. And also, she called Richie babe, which mm. was then like, wait, what? And I think in the first one, it's legendary because you got to see scenes where the two killers had some kind of relationship before it was revealed they were the killers. The second one didn't hit as much because you didn't get scenes like that. It was Mickey and mm. then uh, Mrs. Loomis. They never had a scene together prior to that. That's the a end. really good point. The yeah. third one was solo. Uh, the The fourth one, you did see Jill and I forget uh, what his name is, but you saw them interacting. So it did it did have a surprise shock factor here. It kind of didn't. I didn't think. And then for mm. her to be like, babe, and then it's like. Oh wait, let me tell you our quick history real quick. This is what happened, and, 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 and it was a little exposition. Yeah, yeah. and I'm yeah. like, that just doesn't. Yeah, I want like a what instead of a what. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, and I felt like that's how that was. I loved the like the little parts, and so what I meant earlier, um, when you said that you were waiting for it to be revealed, like yeah, it's Amber. You didn't see Richie. I had it the opposite. I didn't see it, Amber, mm. but Richie, the first thing for me was at the hospital when he showed up for Tara and he said, uh, Sam told me to come something or something like that. Uh, oh, yeah. And I was mm. like, I'm waiting for Sam to say, like, why were you at the hospital or something like that? But there's no yeah. reference to it at all. So I was like, OK, maybe not. Maybe not. Mm. And then when he's getting everybody out of the house and he's saying it and I'm like, oh, this is the director's being cheeky as he's saying, I'm saving your life. I'm saving your life. Oh, you better get out okay. of here. I'm yeah. saving your life. That's and I'm like, good. That's now you point. tell me that that's not like a hmm like that's funny a little little bit there and those with me kind of I don't know I I liked that with Richie but Amber it can't it's just hard to convince me that she was capable and it it didn't hit it felt very flat to me and I'm glad she she burned up just like in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood oh which they totally <laughs> had her die the same way because then she comes back with. Um, the way she screams and charges at that one one more time with the knife, she does the same thing in Once Upon a Time. So I'm like, okay, I bet they're grim that. And I think I like that more because I, I I think I was like, I saw it coming, and I'm like, oh, I finally predicted one. Like I really <laughs> predicted one of them. Let's do it. And then mm-hmm. the Richie shocked me. But I I think that's well said about the scream, and that's I think a really important critique of four and five is that like when when we see Ghostface, like they are not the size of the of, of when the killers are revealed you know mm. what i mean like they're way shorter they're way smaller like how fun is it to go back with in the first one and you're like damn is that billy or is that Stu? yeah you know when it's yes. Ghostface, that's yes. a fun game because you believe you believe them in four um it's like eh, i don't know but in in the second one, you just think it's Mickey the whole time. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. And it's yeah, yeah. it's not a critique on anything other than just like looking in size. It just doesn't seem that stature. Like it doesn't fit. It doesn't add up for me. It's distracting mm-hmm. to me. I, I respect that 100. percent I respect that for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So, 
yeah um <laughs> okay i'm cleansed thank you for letting me have that like i had no oh, oh, dude, dude, we course. got you yo and that's well said and it's also a really good show because there are three very different takes on a lot of things we're talking about Mm-hmm. today yeah. which i think is awesome you and know, all yeah. of them are wrong i'm just kidding actually i mean technically yeah because there's uh there was a vision and we and it might not have landed you know i'm just kidding. yeah very very true um all right so obviously i know we could probably talk about this movie for yes. hours and hours <laughs> but i think there's always a good point about leaving people wanting more and if they do do a six yeah. Maybe we'll come back and review that one. But Ryan, thank you so much again for joining us. This was a beautiful, well-worthy discussion. Beautiful. Oh my goodness. Beautiful. It was beautiful chaos. Stop it. Stop it. It was beautiful (laughs) chaos, if you ask me. Uh, But before we get on out of here, please uh, plug where everybody can find you and plug what you got going on at one of the best podcasts that are out there, the Batman Book Club. Oh, stop it. It is not, but I'll take it. Yes, it is. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Batman Book Club, podcast exploring the Dark Knight Library, talking all sorts of Batman, uh, pretty much all comics, but I mean, all reading materials is open. People just love comics. So uh, you can follow that on Twitter at the Batman BC, where I t- talk about upcoming episodes, new episodes, sometimes some giveaways. You can listen to the show, the Batman Book Club, anywhere you get your podcast. So however you're listening to this one right here, that's how you can find the Batman Book Club. Uh, both of these gentlemen have been on in the past. They will be on again uh, soon in 2022, uh, talking all sorts of Batman goodness. I have reviews and interviews up on Batman on film with some cool people. And yeah, my podcast has some really cool things coming up that uh, I am not saying yet. My man. <laughs> can't wait to find out. I can't wait to find out. It's an awesome show. And what's cool too, Ryan, is I got to tell you, I, I love that once a month you guys are talking about all the issues that are out now because yeah. those are Italian the Stallion reading with our guy Pete, um, yeah. which is awesome. And then what's cool about your show too is um, I admittedly like haven't read every single story that you guys have talked about. So it's cool that when I do – it's like an evergreen podcast, the way that like comics are evergreen in that way that you just go back to it. It's there, um, which is awesome because like you said, there's so much to read that um, when episodes go up, I'm like, I haven't read that story, but now I want to. So I could hear Ryan talk about it, which is, I think, the coolest part of your show. Bless your soul. Um, absolutely. Bless absolutely. And so everyone, if you're a fan of The Bat, please, please, which you are if you listen to us. And for sure. So you should listen to Ryan because why wouldn't you? Um, but as for me, uh, you can follow me everywhere, as y'all know, at Nico Caruso on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, and TikTok, doing some film reviews on TikTok. Having a fun time with that. Um, you could also follow my other podcast I do with the guy we just talked about, uh, a fellow paisan mr peter vera <laughs> uh talking about all things spider-man on the italian spider-man coalition um you can find that once again where every fine podcast or my twitter and um another guy in the space with my father i do a show about one of the greatest rock bands of all time kiss with our good friend rob myers who does a robin podcast we got a batman one with ryan and we got a robin one with rob so go check that out it's truly Woo! the dynamic duo um so but the easiest thing to do is just find me on Twitter. If you reach out to me, I will respond. And I will tell you why Toby Maguire is the greatest Spider-Man of all time. Amazing. Zeddy, I had to sneak one in. Go ahead. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you, gentlemen, both as always. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Nick Zendik. It's just my name, N-I-C-K-Z-E-D-N-I-K. Uh, follow this show on Twitter at Vigilante1939. Please consider subscribing to our YouTube channel at Vigilante1939. Yes, we have that. And please 
Uh, go ahead over to Apple Podcasts and iTunes and consider leaving a rating and a review. Do the same thing for Ryan's show, the Batman Book Club, as well, because now Ooh. you're legally obligated to do that. Because I just said <laughs> it. Legally. legally, legally obligated. If you don't, I will prank call you. I'm just kidding. Just, I don't know anybody's <laughs> number, so that would be weird anyway. Uh, but please go do it. Um, and uh, go get my letterbox to follow real quick too, because Nico and I are both have virtual Sundance. Uh, as yes, of this we recording, yes, we're we both do. seeing a lot of movies, so give our letter boxes to follow as well. Mine's uh, Zeddy Films, coincidentally enough. So uh, look for all my reviews in the next coming days as well. Uh, and obviously, we'll have a new episode in the feed next week for you all. But that's going to about do it for this week's show. So thank you guys again for listening. Ryan, thank you again for joining us. Deco, you're the man as always. We're going to wrap this bad boy up. We're going to watch some scary movies. Probably because I want to know what your favorite scary movie is. Uh, <laughs> uh, for Ryan Lauer, for Nico Caruso, my name is Exotic. And as Michael Keaton's Batman always says, I want you to tell your friends about me. What's your favorite podcast? <laughs>